Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Amen. Welcome this morning to, to Numa Church. We're so blessed to, to be with you and that you decided to be here. If you're visiting here for the first time, um, if you're visiting here for the first time, I don't want to embarrass you. Just, just raise your hand if you're here for the first time. Amen. Look at that. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Welcome to Numa Church where you are already family. You probably don't even want to be a part of this family, but we're, we consider you family. We already love you. Uh, man, if you don't have a church to be connected to, we welcome you here. If you already attend your own church, man, uh, you know, keep going there and, and being faithful there. But but if you're looking for a church, this is a church that, that is Holy Spirit-filled, that, that, that preaches the truth of the gospel, and that, that loves one another. Amen? Amen. Uh, and this Sunday, we're doing something a little bit different uh, than we do most Sundays. Uh, we have baptisms. We have about, I think, six uh, individuals that are going to be baptized this morning. Amen. We had about four or five uh, this uh, earlier this morning in the Spanish service. Praise God. Amen. So God is doing something. He's stirring something up in the spirits of, uh, of the individuals that are coming to Numa Church. And I can't, I can't give more glory to God than that, man. Praise God for what he's doing. But um, this morning, we're, we're going to, it's going to be a little bit of a different message, a type of message, because we actually have a couple chairs up here. I'm not going to be running around and, and, and screaming. We're going to kind of go easy on the vocal cords this morning. Um, we wanted to do something a little bit different where we, we offered kind of a, a tag team type of preaching. And so this morning, um, my wife is going to be joining me. She can come up and, and we're going to be giving the word this morning. Amen. I don't know after the marriage conference if this is such a great idea, but we're going to go ahead and do this. Yeah. If you were here for the marriage conference, we can't repeat those things. It's a little rated M for mature, but, uh, but praise God. Um, this morning, you know, last week we began part one of a two-part series called Love Hurts. Somebody say Love Hurts. Love hurts. Amen. Say it, say it like you know it hurts, like you've been there before. <laughs> I don't know how many of you have been like... You're, you're either one, the one who, who, who does the heartbreaking or that you're the one that gets the heartbroken. I don't know what kind of person you are, but we, we won't ask. But love does hurt, amen. And we, last week we talked about loving through disagreement and loving through division. Do you know that there's, there's a way to love through disagreement and division? You don't always have to agree on everything to love someone. You can go your separate wave, ways with, with, with love still present. And today I wanted to talk about loving through pain. Amen. Um, and our main text for, for these two weeks is out of John 13, 34 through 35. And we're going to kind of go, we're going to bounce around a little bit. You can go there. If you, if you don't have it, I have it up here. I'm going to read it real quick. John 13, 34 through 35. It says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, someone say, by this. All people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Amen. And I also want to take you to Matthew 22, 37 through 39. You don't have to turn there. It says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
And then one more from Matthew 5, 44 through 45. This is all Jesus, by the way, giving us these commands. He says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be the sons of your father who is in heaven. Amen. Let's go to God real quick in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word that you've spoken over your servants, Father God. I pray, Lord, that we just be your mouthpiece this morning, Father God. I pray that your Holy Spirit be in our lips and that this word may fall on fertile ground, Father God. A firm foundation set today, Father God, on your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So we want to kind of break this down uh, this morning. You know, we read three different passages and, and, and Jesus is telling us to have a love for God. He's telling us to have love for our brothers and our sisters in Christ, our neighbors as well, and our enemies. And this doesn't include the love that we're supposed to have for like our, our spouses, all right? Husbands, love your wives, love your children. Basically, God is calling us to love all people unconditionally. That's a lot of loving. And, and like so many things, this is so much easier to preach, but so much harder to practice. What do you say? What do you think? I mean, I definitely agree. It's, it's a lot of loving, especially when you feel like someone doesn't deserve the love that you have or you're afraid that if you give that love that you're going to get hurt. Um, from birth up until this very moment, society is shaping what we believe love is, you know, how we should love, who we should love, when to love, when not to love, right? So we're, we've kind of been forced into this mentality of, well, I'm not going to give my heart to anyone. I'm going to keep it on lockdown. That way it doesn't get hurt, Right. Um, but then we come to church and God tells us everything that the world has told you about love, throw it away. It's wrong. He tells you, he tells you this, this, I am love. I am love. And I want you to love the way I first loved you. And you know, we hear that and we say, amen. Right. And, and it's true. We should say amen. But you know, I sometimes, I sometimes, or I almost want to stop and tell God, God, wait, let me, let me tell you what I've gone through. Let me tell you about the pain that I felt. And then maybe, maybe God, you'll understand why I can't just go around loving everyone all the time. We always think we're the exceptions, right? To the rule. Like God says, love all people. But it's like, but God, do you know what I've been through? Maybe that's easier for her to do. Maybe that's easier for him to do. He's had a great life, but do you know what I've been through? And God is like, yes, I've, I've seen it. Right. And I think one of the bigger questions to ask is not just, you know, we need to love them, but, but how, how do we love? Right. Like, have you ever asked yourself that question? How do you love a stranger? How do you love a neighbor? How do you love your enemies? Not, not wanting someone to die is not love. I hear that. I hear that all the time. Well, I don't wish death on them. Right. That's not love. (laughs) That's just not hate. And, and, and so you mentioned, you mentioned that God tells us to love uh, like, like he loves, right? Now, what does that mean? First John four, eight tells us that God is love. I want you to focus on what that means. God is love. It's not saying that he has love to give. It's not saying that he's got some spare love in his pocket and he just distributes it, you know, whenever, whenever he pleases. No, he is love. That is a part of his being. It's his nature. He is love. And, and if we are called to be image bearers of God, that means we are to reflect that love, who he is. And it might not come easy to all of us, but we're always supposed to be working at it with everything that we have. So I want to break this down this morning. I want to talk about these three groups, loving your neighbor, loving your enemies and loving God. And if you're a note taker, that's going to be the easiest thing that you could do, right? Loving your, uh, loving your neighbor. We're going to start there. What is, what does that look like? 
What does that look like for you, babe? Okay, so before I answer that question, I want to preface it with, I am just naturally, don't judge me, I'm a naturally suspicious and even untrusting person, okay? That's just who I am. She is. <laughs> so, so, I mean, for real though, I mean, does anyone here watch Dateline or like true crime television? Anyone, right? So you know you got to be a little bit cautious because there's crazy people in this world. So when I think about that and I'm like driving down the highway and I see my neighbor stranded and it's dark, like, I'm sorry, neighbor, but the next one's going to have to get you because I can't help you right now. So, <laughs> so, so some of the some of the some couples went out yesterday. They were doing like these hatchet throws, right? And I was like, I don't know if I trust Pastor Melissa with a hatchet. Right? <laughs> um, but I, I think I'm the opposite. I'm very opposite than 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 what she is. I, I I'm quick. I'm quick to trust, but I'm also quick to get scammed, right? Like buying three buying three hundred dollars speakers from two guys, you know, right? Telling me they're a great deal. Um, there was this, there was other time that I haven't shared. Um, it was the same period of time. I was working at Starbucks. I was like 17 years old, inexperienced, naive, just trusted everybody. There was this guy, I got to work early. It was like at 540. I had to go in at six and this guy, I'm the only one in the parking lot. And this guy comes from the other side of the parking lot. And he's, he's like, Hey, he yells at me. Hey, can I approach you? And he's like this, like, I don't have anything in my hands. And I'm like, yeah, come on. And, uh, <laughs> and he tells me this story, and I, I, don't remember, I, I don't remember the story to give you the details, but y'all, I invite this guy. I say, hey, man, hop into my car. I drive him down to my bank. I know. I, know. I drive him down to my bank. I, I, I withdraw. I think it was like 60 bucks, which is like, like my paycheck, right? I'll give you, he's like, I'll come back two hours later, and I'll double it. I'm like, all right, it's easy, right? You I didn't guys, do it for that reason. I you did it see, guys, this is why you need to watch Dateline, because you would know better. And I just want to say, first of all, wow. Evie, you're right. Wow. And I'm just curious, though, why didn't you just tell him, if you were, like, so, you know, set on giving him money, why didn't you just tell him to wait there, and then you'll come back and give him the money, but you took I him didn't, I didn't to think, the bank. I didn't I don't know. I didn't think. I just... <laughs> I, yeah, it was my heart, man, my good heart. I, I will say that, you know, I did marry Pastor Melissa, and now I don't trust anybody. Right? You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Just kidding. I'm just extremely cautious, guys. I don't want to say I just don't trust anyone. I'm just really cautious. Mm. She, okay. grew up, she grew up in the hood. She grew up in the hood. She's looking out her window every night. No, I'm just kidding. Well, anyways, <laughs> I just, let me get back to the question before we get somewhere else. Okay. So, so I've been lying, right? If I told you that it's easy for me to be a great neighbor all of the time, but I do realize that God has called me to love those around me and he has equipped me to do that. And that help is going to look different for everyone, right? Um, whatever God has given you, you need to use that in order to, to love people. So, I mean, I, if someone is in need of a home, I can't build them a home. I cannot build them a home. I can't even finance that home for them if they, if they needed the finances. Um, what can I do? I can pray for them. I can join them in prayer and fasting for those needs. Or I can even get them connected to the right resources to either builders or to organizations who can help them, right? Um, so it's going to be different. I can be, their, I can be their right to church during this hard time so that they can come and be surrounded by others who, they, who will love them. Um, so there's different things. But whatever God has given you the ability to do, the resources to do, then use that to show the love of God and to be a good neighbor. And uh, you know, that, that sounds, that sounds easy. Like I said, it's easy to, to preach, but like, I think, I think we always expect other people to do it. You know, um, we, we expect someone else 
to, to pick up that person and bring them to church. We, ex- we expect someone else to provide the meal, right? But when it comes to us, like, how do you, how do, you do that when you're not naturally a trusting person, right? Um, or, or you've been hurt in the past by, by a stranger, so as a Christian, Christ has called us to die to ourselves, right? And that's something that we have to do daily. And we need to let the Holy Spirit lead us. So that means we have to kill our pride. I don't know about you, but I do have some pride issues. We need to kill our distrust. Okay, clearly I wrote this specifically for me, but hopefully some of you are with me. We need to kill our self-doubt. Whatever it is that's keeping you from obedience must be put down. And this is something that needs to be done on the daily. Um, I think that a good story or a good um, uh, parable that Jesus talked, or sorry, the, is the good Samaritan in Luke 10 is a good example of this. So a lawyer was trying to ch- test Jesus um, or to trick Jesus, and he asked him, how can I get to heaven? And Jesus reminds him that he must love God with everything, with all that he has, and he must do the same for his neighbors. And then the man asks, well, who's my neighbor? And then Jesus tells him this parable, or he tells him this story about a man who was attacked by robbers and that they left him half dead. And so um, while he's laying there, he's half dead, uh, a, a priest and a Levite come, and they see him, and they just keep passing him by, and they leave him there. They don't help him. And then a Samaritan comes by and he sees him. And mind you, a Samaritan was viewed as someone with um, very little respect. They were viewed as the enemies. They didn't respect them. They didn't like them, right? So this Samaritan sees the man laying on the ground and he helps him and he nurses him to health and he gets him back on his feet. And Jesus um, asked uh, the lawyer, who was the better neighbor? And the lawyer responds, the Samaritan. So Jesus shows us in this parable, right? He's telling us that we are called to be a good neighbor, which means loving and helping people in their time of need. Um, The Samaritan could have easily just said, you know what? They don't like me. They don't respect me. I'm just going to live up to my reputation and I'm going to keep walking. If the priest and the Levite can do it, I can do it too, right? I would say if anything, he had more reason to just be like, all right, fine. I mean, you didn't want me then. Why do you want me now, right? So that pride could easily creep in, right? Um, But... But if the Samaritan can swallow his pride and help the man, then I as a Christian or we as Christians can swallow our pride or any preconceived notions that we have of people um, so that we can be obedient to do what Christ has called us to do, which is loving our neighbors. Amen. Amen. And so, so in that, in that story, um, the good Samaritan, he represents, he represents the world. He's not, he's not in the community of faith, right? Um, whereas the priest and the Levite, those are people in the church. They're, 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 they're respected. They probably even have a calling over their lives. And they're the ones who pass by this, this man who is in need. Like how many, I've said this before, how many times did the church fail to be the church on their way to church? Like, like if, if, if you see someone deep in need and you're like, oh, it's because I got to I got to usher today. I got to be on time, right? I got to teach, you know, the, the, the kids today. I got to, I, I can't help you right now. Let us know if you're going to be late, right? But, um, but, but, but what he, this, so many times what we do is we fail to show Jesus to go and praise Jesus, right? We, we fail to demonstrate the love of God so that we can go love God at church with everyone else, right? And, and that, Man, the world does such a better job sometimes at, at, at being the church than the church itself. And that should hurt us, man. That, that should convict us to, 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 be, to be better, right? And I'll, I'll be honest, like, past hurt has stopped me from, um, 
from loving my neighbor at times. Um, because, you know, in, in the past, someone lied to me. In the past, someone came knocking uh, at, at, on my office and, and telling me this, this story that I, I believed and then later came to find out that it was, it was, it was all a lie, right? Like someone bought me, uh, someone uh, sold me those boo-boo speakers, right? Like, like I don't know these people, so I don't, I don't hold a grudge with them, but, but it does affect how I love my neighbors thereafter. And I know everybody in this room when, when someone asks you for money, what is, I mean, your first inclination is to say, or to question their motives. Or, or if someone's asking for a meal, the first, the first thing that you think is, can't you, can't you find a job, right? And look, I'm, I'm not saying that we need to give everything that we have. I'm not saying that we need to give every dollar away. We don't have an endless supply of aid to give people, right? But, but that's not the only way we can show love. Peter, Peter told the paralytic man, this paralytic man was, was asking for money. And Peter said, I can't give you money, but I can give you a testimony. I can, I can speak the spirit of God into your life. I can, I can, I can bring a miracle by the power of the Holy spirit. Sometimes we simply just need to be the church. Sometimes, sometimes somebody just needs a word from God. They just need to hear the truth. Sometimes we need to invite somebody to church. Sometimes we need to, we we need to, to pick them up, to come to church and spend time with them and show the love of God. That is going to go such a longer way than giving someone $5 one time. I mean, sometimes we just give people money just to, just to send them away so they can stop asking. But what if we said, you know, I can't, I can't give you money, man, but I can, I can take you in. I can talk with you. I can have a conversation. I can listen to you and to your heart, and we can see where we go from there. That's the way that you can love a person. Amen. And I'll just add one more thing to that. A lot of times we do allow our past hurt or our prejudice about people to stop us from loving them or helping them or being a good neighbor. But how many times has God helped us and then we turned around and we rejected him or we hurt him or we put him in the back burner and he still loves us unconditionally. So I just want to encourage you guys this morning to, to, do, to, share, to share the same love that Christ has shared with you with our neighbors. Amen. Um, okay, so I want to go to the next point. Uh, it, it gets harder from here, right? Loving your neighbor, that's, that's not that difficult. But... What about loving your enemy? So, so during his sermon on the mountain, Jesus gives this teaching. It's from Matthew 5, 43, 48. I don't know if I have it up there, but it says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, right? So, so he's, he's, he's saying, you heard what society says, but he says, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be the sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Right? Jesus is like, you want a cookie for loving those who love you? <laughs> do, you do, do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet only your brothers, what more are, are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same. You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. So kind of like what, what, what you said earlier, the world has really hijacked this idea of love. Totally corrupted, uh, corrupted it in, in more ways than we, we have time to get into. But this is another. Love your enemies? That is not, that is not what the world teaches. When, when have you heard the world tell you, love your enemies? They might give you a more diluted version of it, like, like take the higher road. That's a little bit more diluted, right? Turn the other cheek. But, 
But Jesus is not saying that, right? He's saying love your enemies. That's agape love, which is the type of love that, that God has shown to us. This one's harder for people though, because enemies are enemies for a reason, right? I, you know, I, I personally, I don't think I have any enemies. I don't, I don't have beef with anybody, but, but I think what I'm really saying is I don't have people who I consider my enemies. People may consider me their enemies. And I hope there's no one in here who, who is like out to get me, but, but you know what? I, th- there may be people out there who are out to, to, to get me, to attack me, to talk about me, to gossip about me, who want to destroy my, my, my ministry, or at least want to see it fall. Like how, do, how am I supposed to love someone who doesn't not just not love me back, but actually hates me. So I like that you said that you might not consider anyone your enemies, but that they may consider you an enemy. And the reason I think that's noteworthy is because um, Pastor Ryan suggested to the leaders that we read a book called Leadership Pain. And let me tell you guys, it is a painful (laughs) read because it's so true and it's so raw. And one of the statistics that the author gives is that in a congregation, 10% of the church does not like their pastor. Like they are against their pastor and they even want to see them fail. Now I realize that the author doesn't know Numa Church because Numa Church loves their pastors. Amen. I'm I'm looking for the ones who didn't say amen. So, so that means that in a church of a hundred people, that there would be 10 people to be honest, Pastor Ryan was like, are you going to quote what he actually says? I'm like, no, I'm not going to say that, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. He says that in a church of a hundred, um, that there would be, that means there would be 10 devils in the church that, I mean, oh gosh, that's, I'm telling you, it's a painful read. It really is. And I told him why I asked him, why did you suggest this? Like, this makes me want to run away. Um, (laughs) but it's a good eye opener. So, so, um, Okay, so, yeah, so it was a really big eye-opener to me because it made me think that, wow, pastors are really out there walking with their Judas. Gosh, like, that, that really hit me. And I think back to the times in the Bible when Jesus was with his disciples and he was loving them and he was, um, he was uh, showing them, instructing them on how to, how to do, what to do and how to do what he was doing once he leaves. Uh, I mean, he was in it with them, right? And that included Judas. So he loved his disciples. He loved Judas, even though he knew that Judas would betray him in such a horrible, horrible way. And it's just really hard to wrap our our heads around because it's our natural instincts to just want to do what's best for us. So, man. Yeah. And I I don't, I don't think it's just, I don't think it just has to be 10% of churches. It could be 10% of your social groups, right? It could be 10% of those that you consider your friends, right? 10% of the people on Facebook. It's probably more than that on Facebook. Um, But, and, and I don't, I don't, I don't tell you this statistic to, so that you can be on high alert, right? And not, not trust anyone, be looking over your shoulder all the time. I don't want to discourage you, but it, it is to say that our enemies don't always look like our enemies. They don't always look like, our, sometimes they look like our friends. But it doesn't matter because Jesus is saying you got to love them anyways. Whether, you, they're, whether they turn out to be your real friends or they turn out to be your enemies, love them anyways. And, and you, don't, you don't really know who your enemies are until they hurt you, right? And that pain... That hurt, that heartache is what hinders us from continuing to show love to them. What do we say? They don't deserve my love. 
They don't deserve my forgiveness. They, they don't deserve it, right? Well, we, don't, we don't deserve the love of God. And Pastor Marisa, she brought the word this morning and, and she, she quoted uh, this, this verse here, Romans 5, 8. It says something so simple and so profound. It says, but God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know what that means? That means that while we were still enemies of God, that is when God demonstrated his love. Because when we were God's enemies, church, that's when we needed him the most. You got to hear that. When, when we were God's enemies, we were so lost. That is when we needed grace the most. And we don't realize that our enemies need God the most when they are in that act of deceit or attack. Jesus, Jesus knelt down to wash the very feet of Judas that same night. Judas was going to betray him. He, he continued to show, show him love. Amen. Amen. And I think it's important to remember that when we miss opportunities to love, to show the love of Christ, um, to our enemies, uh, sorry, when we miss that opportunity, we, oh my gosh, completely losing. Okay. So, uh, when we miss the opportunity to show the love of Christ, we don't show our enemies the love of Christ. So when we miss the opportunity to love our neighbor or our enemies, then we miss that opportunity to show our enemies the love of Christ. Um, so I was telling the ladies this on a Wednesday night Bible study, I was sharing them this story about how 10 years ago, guys, 10 years ago, (laughs) I was at work and um, one of this girl that I went to school with, which was five years previous to the 10 years ago. How old old are you? uh, Anyways, um, (laughs) so, so she had come into the place where I work. And she came up to me and she just started talking to me with this big smile and just trying to like ask me how I was doing and just catching up, trying to catch up like we were old friends. (laughs) And I just couldn't believe the audacity that she had, like to pretend like nothing had happened between us. Like, oh, so now we're besties. Like, no. She started talking and a wall immediately went up. And I found a way quickly to get out of the conversation without being like ridiculously rude. I found a way to get out of the conversation and I just walked away. And that was a missed opportunity to show my enemy, or not my enemy anymore, but the enemy who I thought, it was like a switch, guys. She, I saw her on the switch, went back to high school, sorry. And so, and so I missed an opportunity there, right, to show the love of Christ to who was once my enemy. Um, so I don't know what she was going through. I mean, it's so easy for us to walk around with, and I, I've told the leaders this before, it's so easy for us to come into church or go into um, uh, uh, shopping or wherever you're going, and you have this smile on, you're dressed so nice and you're dressed so pretty and everyone thinks you just got it together and your life is great. But I have no idea what she was going through. I have no idea that, you know, if, if I could have offered her some of the same mercy and grace that Jesus has offered me time and time again. Um, so this is just another example of how hard it is for us to die to ourselves and love through the pain like we are called to. You know, now, now that you, now that you tell that story, I, I think this is why it's so important to, to forgive Someone say that word, forgive. Because getting over something is not the same thing as forgiveness. Because you can let years go by and you don't feel that hurt anymore. But the moment that person comes back to your life, a trigger goes up and you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, look who it is, you know? Because you never actually dealt with it. You didn't deal with it. You just got over it. That's not the same thing. Don't, don't, don't let the sun go down in your anger thinking you're going to get over something. You never, I, I got to stand up. You don't really actually get over it. 
You don't get, you have to intentionally say, I forgive you. I release you of this pain that I'm holding on to because of the hurt that you did to me. Forgiveness is, man, it, it's, it's powerful and it has to be intentional. It has to be intentional. Don't tell yourself, I'm just going to get over it. I'll be all right. Five years later, we'll go down. This is a, that was a great story, by the way. Um, Immediately having regrets. <laughs> but and, you know, loving your enemies, you know, it, it doesn't mean being their friends. Some of y'all are like, like I got to befriend my enemy. Like, no. In fact, that would be super fake and hypocritical to let your enemies think that you're actually their friends. Don't, don't do that. That's, that's, that's what the world sees. And they have an issue with that. Like all oh, these Christians, they think they're, they're so hypocritical. If, if someone's your enemy, don't pretend that they're your friends, but love them because it's possible to love your enemies. That's what Jesus says. Love your enemies. He doesn't say make your enemies, your friends, and then love them. He says, love your enemies. They don't have to be your friends. You don't have to hang out with them. You don't even need to have them in your life. Loving them means that you desire for them to be healed. You desire for them to be forgiven and in the family of God. Amen. Amen. Jesus loved us when we were his enemies, but he extended his love because he desired for us to be reconciled with the father. This is why Jesus says, love your enemies and pray for those who, who persecute you. I know it's painful. I've, I've said prayers for people who have wronged me and it, it doesn't, it's not easy we had, we had someone, you know, break in uh, twice. I'm afraid to say that number because like, you're like, is it that easy? It's not anymore. It's not anymore. Someone's sending their, a text message to their friend. Hey, man. Um, no, we don't, have, we don't have those people in here. But, but there, was, there was a break in a few years ago. And they came in. They stole uh, a bunch of things. They stole my, my beautiful, very expensive keyboard for the second time. And... And uh, we, we saw it all, all on camera. We, we saw the guy kind of scoping out the scene, and then, and then he finds his entry point, and then we see a van come, and, and, and it's like a getaway car. We, we, and it's like, it was so, you just felt so robbed, not, not even physically, but just like, just, just, there's just pain that releases from you. It's like, man, they took something from me. They took advantage of me. And wasting my time wishing the worst to happen to that guy, that, that would have been, that would have done so much more harm to my spirit than good. So instead, I mean, I, I prayed for that little chump, man. I, I prayed a prayer for him <laughs> and I, I prayed that God deal with him and let him undergo a pruning process that is painful, but eventually leads to his healing. <laughs> Amen. And now look, I, I can't, I can't imagine extending that same type of love to a person who, who does more harm than that. Say to my family, like I, I pray I never have to find out. Uh, but even if it did, the command of God is the same. Love your enemies. Amen. Amen. So God commands us to love our neighbors. He commands us to love our enemies and he commands us our, and we, and to love God himself. Right? So with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and for some of you loving God, you may say, Oh, that's the easy part. Cause he's the one person that I can trust. That's always going to be there. And he's never going to let me down. Right. Um, but then there's, there's also some of us who have experienced pain and suffering 
And uh, we can't seem to understand how a loving God who it shows all in his word that he is love, how he can hurt us, right? How he can seemingly uh, betray us. Um, and Pastor Brandon was starting to talk about this earlier. And I was like, stop talking. I'm going to say that. Um, <laughs> um, but, but so some of us have experienced pain and, and um, and suffering, and we can't seem to understand that. And I've been, I've been with people in pain before, and I've, I've sat with a grieving mother who have, who has lost her children, and I've, I've seen her as she's been left with the pain and the anguish towards God. And you know, that's a different kind of pain. It's a different. It's one thing to be in pain when uh, you, you're lonely and you don't know God yet, and you just know something's missing. And I felt both of these pains. You know something's missing, you don't know what it is, and that's a pain, right? It's another pain to know God and to feel that he hurts you or that he betrayed you or that he, he loves you so much, but he let that happen to you. He didn't hear your prayers. That's another kind of pain, right? So I know, I know that it's heartbreaking, and it's, it's in a room this size, I can guarantee you that people have dealt with that pain or they're currently dealing with that pain. Amen. And I, I, think, I think this is deep, man. For, for, it's a deep fear for people. Like, and maybe you're here today. You don't want to go all in with God because you're, just, you're, you're cautious. Right? I understand being cautious with, when it comes to loving people because you know, people are people. Um, and I, I think that we've been taught to be cautious when it comes to giving people our, our hearts, but when it comes to God, man, it, it is, it's a sad thing to not give him full access to your heart because you're afraid to be let down. And so maybe you haven't, maybe you haven't given God everything. Maybe you've just given him your Sundays. God, I'm gonna give you one day out of the week. I'm going to take my family to church and that's, that's good, but that's all you've given them. Maybe you just give them your, your tides. You're offering, but you're afraid to say that prayer. God, take everything. Take all of me. That is a dangerous, dangerous prayer because you are giving the Father, the Creator, permission and access to do anything that He wishes with your life. And so maybe you know that and you've yet to say that prayer because you don't want to be hurt. You're afraid. But that's what it means. That's what it means to love God with your entire being. That's what it means to love God with your heart, your soul, and mind. That's everything. So our love for God is so essential, right? Because we cannot love on our own. We don't, we don't really understand love. And then especially being called to love our enemies or to love God who we, we think, like Pastor Brandon said, we think he let us down. Um, we, we, can't do, we can't have that love without him. So our love for him is essential because he is, gonna allow, he is what we need to love, to be able to love. Yeah. And, and, and so if, if you don't give, if you don't love God with your full heart, you have to understand this. If you don't love God with everything, you're not going to be able to fulfill loving others with everything. You're not going to be able to love your brothers, your, your enemies, your neighbors, because it's impossible to do without loving God. And so there's people in here today who have not given themselves fully to God. And maybe it's not a result of unbelief or a lack of passion. Maybe it's simply, you know, any love that you do have for God is mixed in with anger or sadness Maybe, you know, maybe it's pain, resentment because of what he's allowed you to go through. And that pain, whatever it is that you're holding on to, that is hindering you from loving God. What would you say to those people? If there's anybody in here who says that. I would say that you need to, you need to get to know God. 
bring your anger, your hurt, your pain, whatever it is, bring it to him. Don't hold it back. Talk to him like you would talk to someone that you think hurt you or or wronged you. He can handle your feelings, right? Um, So maybe you've already done that. Maybe you're like, I I did that. I told him how I felt. I let him have it. You know, but did you stop there? Did you tell him? And then you walked away and it was done and it was over. We need to get to, he knows that we can't fully understand or, comp- or understand or comprehend his love, but he gives us his word that tells us, you know, that he is love, that he is for, he works for the good of those who love him, right? And that he is for us and he's not against us. And I say this all the time because it's so true. And I think it's so important to understand that when um, Adam and Eve, um, when Adam and Eve sinned, right? Um, they disobeyed God and they brought sin into the world. Right, So now that sin is in the world and the chaos is in the world and the ugly is in the world. And unfortunately, we are not exempt from that. We are not exempt from that. Um, But when we seek God, we'll begin to realize that his word is true and he is love and he's there for us. And even in the, even in the bad, even in the ugly, he is with us. He is for us. He's not against us. Amen. Amen. Um, Guys, it's true. The, The harder you love the harder it hurts when that love is compromised, right? I, I, hear, I hear this from people all the time. Maybe you're the one, one of the ones that says it, but I hear people say, I don't want to bring a child into this messed up world, right? Why, why do you, where does that come from? It comes from the fact that you know if you bring a child into this world, you're going to love that child with everything that you have. And you know that the world is going to hurt that child. And you know that that hurt is going to hurt you, And so you'd rather just not deal with it. And so maybe you take that attitude with God and you're like, well, if I, if I don't go all in, it won't hurt so much when my faith is disappointed. It won't hurt so much when my prayer isn't answered, right? I'm, I'm just going to love him just enough to where it doesn't hurt when it seems like God has failed me. I want to challenge you this morning, man. Go, go all in, give God everything, everything. Maybe you've had a loss, guys. Maybe you've had a loss and you don't know why God allowed you to go through it. And you're like, man, where's my testimony? We hear all the time people, people testify of the healings. God saved my son from, from cancer. God saved me from cancer. God restored my marriage. And we're thinking, where, where was my testimony? Where was my healing? Why did my child have to die and you got the healing? Why, why can't I be up here testifying that my marriage was, was made whole when it wasn't? Where's my testimony? See, when, when, you, when, you, testi- when you have a testimony... That, that, that just brings you closer to God because you can look back at what he did and you're like, man, praise God that, that saved me. And maybe you don't have that testimony or maybe you just don't have it yet. Maybe you just don't have it yet. And I'm about to wrap up. I'm going to have the worship team come up, but I want to end it with this. The, the book that Pastor Melissa referenced earlier called Leadership Pain. I love what the author says. If you haven't listened to anything, I want you to listen to this. It's, it's, it's a book really talking about leadership growth and, you know, church growth, organizational growth. But I think there's a very, very vital a spiritual application as well. He says growth equals pain. Growth equals pain. And I, I wish I could break that down for you because it's like a little formula to it. But, but basically what he's saying is in order to grow, you have to increase the threshold of your pain. So... If you want to learn how to love your enemies more, well, you're going to be, you're going to need to be willing to be hurt more. 
Because the more love you give to your enemies, the more hurt you're going you're gonna to feel. The more advantage they're going to take of you. If you want to learn how to love in marriage more, that means you're going to have to be willing to take the pain that comes with marriage. And every marriage person says amen. There's pain there. When, when, when we had Layla, Layla, when Layla was born, my firstborn, I never thought that I could love somebody more than, than my child. And if you're, if you're a parent, you know what, exactly what I'm talking about. Like, I didn't even know Layla, but she was my child. And it's like God just deposits this infinite amount of love in you as a parent because you're going to need it. Because, like, if, if you don't have it, you're just going to leave them beside the road somewhere when they get on your nerves, right? You need that love. And I love my children so much, so much that when, when, when Layla feels pain, I feel it. Like when, when, when I see hurt in her eyes, when she's crying because, because someone hurt her or, or because she feels bad about something, I, I'm such a baby, man. I cry too. I feel that same pain. And, and if anything were to ever happen to my children, man, I would break, bro. I, just, just the thought of it, man, it just chokes me up. Like I can't imagine the pain that I would feel if something tragic happened to them. But that's what you open up yourself to. When you have kids, if, if, if you're going to love this hard, you have your, 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 your fear of being hurt cannot be greater than the love that you're willing to give for some people. Their, their fear of being hurt is greater than the love that they're willing to give. But in order to love like God, your love has to be greater than your fear of being hurt and disappointed. And so if you want to grow more in God, listen, if you want to grow more in God, you have to be willing to take in more pain. You have to be willing to allow him to refine you and take you through the fire and take you through the wilderness and test your faith and do things that are going to hurt you, but at the end of the day is going to lead to your growth. You can't grow without feeling pain. And you can't love without saying, without the acceptance that you are going to be hurt and feel pain. But that is, that is what God is calling us to. And I'm going to let Pastor Melissa wrap up. And I'm going to have, if you're being baptized, I'm going to, I'm going to meet you in the back. Amen. You can follow Sister Heather. Amen. Amen. How many of us can truly say that we love God with all of our hearts with all of our minds and with all of our soul. I think, I think many Christians love God the way they love celebrities, right? Like Betty White. We just loved her so much, right? She just seemed like such a beautiful person. But would you do anything for Betty White if she asked you to do it? No, probably not. God doesn't want you to love the idea of him. He wants you to love him. And it, it's time, it's time that we knock down the walls of whatever it is that's holding back that love, that love and devotion that God deserves from you. It's time to knock down those walls and it's time to love God more than you fear getting hurt because pain is going to come. It will come. And Paul says it, you will face trials and tribulations. And I want to end it with this last verse on Romans five, verse three, which says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. 
And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see that suffering produces endurance, character, and hope. It's growth through your pain. But you have to go all in. You have to go all in. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite you all to stand. And the worship team is going to take over in just a minute. Um, but before we do that, I want to ask that everyone uh, bow your heads and close your eyes. No one looking around. Um, if you're here today and you have not accepted the love of God into your heart and have not loved God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and you want to make a commitment to go all in for God, if you want to repent of your sin and follow Jesus knowing that he will lead you into everlasting life with the Father, I'm going to ask that you would just raise your hand. This is a call to salvation. If you would just raise your hand. I have one hand. Praise God. Two, three, four, five, six. Seven. Praise God. Praise God. Just keep your go ahead and keep your hands lifted. And we're gonna go ahead and, and say this prayer together. And I'm gonna ask that everyone would just repeat this prayer with me. God, I thank you. I thank you because your word has impacted me. I thank you for the for the love that you've shown through through the through Jesus dying on the cross for me. I know that I'm a sinner and I pray that you would wash me clean of of all of my sins. Come into my heart, Lord. Be my Lord, be my Savior. And I pray that your Holy Spirit would take control from this day out. In your name we pray, amen. Amen, praise God, praise God. And we're going to go ahead and open these altars. I'm going to ask the prayer team if you would come forward. If the prayer team would please come forward. And if anyone here has been dealing with pain, has been dealing with hurt, and you just can't seem to move past it, but you want to say, Lord, I give you everything. Lord, I'm done holding it back. It's time for the walls to come down. Lord, I'm going to give this to you. Come forward. And our our prayer team is going to pray with you. And they're going to help you break down those walls. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.